The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, Then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no, no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will, be, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. This is a strange parable. The setting is unfamiliar. It reflects a culture that celebrates weddings differently than we do today and describes customs that sound odd to us. The community is under duress and being persecuted for their religious beliefs. They have already waited for the return of Christ longer than the first generation of Christians expected. And now Matthew is urging his listeners to keep the faith, confess Christ, and wait expectantly for Christ's return. 2,000 years later, that plea has lost its immediacy, and it all just sounds so strange. But at the heart of the parable, Matthew is addressing two questions. When will Christ return? And what shall we do while we wait? In these last few weeks of the church year, the lectionary texts are about the coming of the Son of Man as the season of Advent nears. Advent, or the season of coming, prepares us for Christ's coming both as the conquering son of man at the end of time and as the helpless infant in a manger. But meanwhile, we wait. In Matthew's parable, the bridesmaids are waiting together for the bridegroom's arrival. 
Matthew divides them into two groups and describes them as wise and foolish, but he doesn't say more about what makes one wise and the other foolish. What we know is that both groups fall asleep while they wait. Matthew tells us later that the wise ones carried extra oil with them, while the foolish ones only had what their lamps could hold. Martin Luther understood the oil as faith. But how do we run out of faith? And if the burden of having enough faith falls on us, how do we square that with Jesus' own words in Matthew 17, when he said to his disciples, For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Others think of the oil as good works, but then how do we buy more good works? And how do we reconcile that with our Lutheran understanding that salvation is only possible through God's loving mercy? and not something that we ourselves can do. I don't think we can. I don't think the oil matters. What is important is that we are invited to wait. And how we wait matters. One of my preaching professors, Caroline Lewis, has told the story of her father-in-law, who was 96 when he died. Sam was a World War II veteran, and he didn't talk much about the war. But one day, not too long before he died, he asked that his grandchildren come over, and he bequeathed his war items to them. And as he told the stories behind the items, he talked about his experiences in the war. And he talked about the waiting. You see, Sam had been selected or singled out not to be sent to the front, but to stay behind because he was good in math. He showed his family his notebook where he had made ballistic measurements. And as he worked on his equations, he waited for his fellow soldiers, his friends, to return. Some did, and some did not. He could not understand how he was spared. Yet in the waiting and in the wondering, he knew God was there, and there was nothing else he could do but trust in that truth. The waiting we are invited into in this parable is waiting with uncertainty. Waiting when we have no control over what happens next. Waiting even when we don't understand why it is taking so long. Waiting even when we feel exhausted or unprepared. The foolish bridesmaids were not foolish because their lamps ran out of oil. 
They were foolish because they left to search for more oil. They forgot why they were there. They were there to wait for the bridegroom, even if that meant waiting in the dark. A few years ago, Episcopal priest Barbara Brown Taylor wrote a book called Learning to Wait in the Dark, where she describes the darkness as anything that scares us, and then lifts up the idea that Christ finds us there. Saying between the great dramas of life, there is almost always a time of empty waiting with nothing to do. A time when it is necessary to come up with your own words and see how they sound with no other words or sounds to cover them up. And if you are willing to rest in this, where you cannot even see your face and your hand in front of your face, and none of your self-protective labors can do you one bit of good, then you may come as close to the Christ as you will ever get. We must not be afraid or frantically search out ways to bring light in. Instead, we must remember that the light of the world shines brightest in the dark, and Christ comes to us in our waiting. Let us pray with the psalmist, saying, Lord, make haste to help me. Come to me quickly, O God, you are my helper and deliverer. O Lord, do not tarry. Amen.